Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bail, bail, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tow I'll make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy, never think about the drop Never, ever, ever think about the drop Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT Show. I'm MKT. Hope you are having a good time. It's nearly Christmas. 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 Now, I'm not a Christmas person. If you've never listened to the podcast, um, I don't actually like gifts. So, it's a bit of a tricky one for me. I haven't given a present in... I just don't buy presents. Like I, I don't believe in it. The people I know are middle class and above. You know, I have I don't have like a thousand friends. So my friends are all working people. And when I say friends, like maybe let me explain it so that people don't think so that you can have very finite clear ideas of what I mean. I've got about 10 people that I consider my friends, right? Like real friends. Because when I say friend, I don't just mean someone I see like every five months. Like I'm talking about people that are entrenched in either I look up to them, they have traits I, you know, or or have given themselves to a part of my life that has reshaped how I see myself. So that's how far I take the word friendships. People say, oh, you're friends. I say, ah, I know that person, you know. So I take friendship very seriously. But of those people, the only people that I have in my life are all working. And they are doing well, all of them. Like all 10 of them. I cannot think of one of them where I'm like, "Mm," you know. So I just think material stuff, if you can't afford it, why am I buying it for you? First of all, I don't have kids. And... I know what the argument is. The argument immediately becomes, oh, but it's not about the gift. It's about the thought. And I say, well, here's the thing about thought is if you want something, just tell me. And you know what the best gift is? Especially for somebody like me, I'm over 35 now. I know what I like. Just give me the money. That's why I like the Jewish community. They give money. So my Jewish friends, just you give money and there's, there's other reasons in the Jewish culture why they do that. Whatever, not the, not the time to talk about here. But I really, really like that, especially for someone like me. I already know what I like, but I'll tell you where it comes to. So people like to think, oh, there's a certain part of that person that only I know. So it's special if I can remember that part of them and I know that little part of them and when I get them this gift, it'll it'll mean the world to them. I'm like, oh my goodness. Stick a bullet in my head. Seriously, stick a bullet in my head. But I know the way society in the Western world is now built. is You have to give gifts, right? I refuse to give in to that. If you can't afford the stuff you want, why am I buying it for you? It, it's like going to weddings and people expecting gifts. Why are you invite? I'm the gift. I'm the gift. 
And again, it's, it's not about the money. I'm a working man. You know, I'm not exorbitantly wealthy, but I'm not destitute. I'm somewhere in the middle and I live, I live a life, I don't know, I guess, especially over the last 18 months where austerity has been the measure of the day so I can do cool stuff. So, you know, I, I don't know if I'm good at saving. I, like, I, I don't know. There's probably people listening to this podcast who are brilliant at saving and would laugh at my current medium to financial situation. But like, whatever. I put some money away every month. Like, like it is what it is. I got a financial advisor. We've been at it for four years now uh, in a serious capacity. Well, two years really, four years by myself, but two years with him quite seriously. Anywho, so it's not about the money when I come to your wedding. You know, I've got I've got my shillings put aside. And, you know, I've squirreled a little away so I can fly to your wedding in the middle of bloody nowhere. I could come to Greece. I could come to the Middle East, wherever people are having weddings. It's like, you know, I mean, I ain't got it like that. But, you know, it's fine. Like, it's not about that. I'm not coming to your wedding and also giving you a microwave. Are we shitting each other here? Like, if you can't afford a microwave, why are you having a wedding? Why is it on me to give you stuff? This idea, by the way, and I know what people say, yes, but the traditional idea is you must help the couple start their life together. If you can't afford to get married, don't get married. Am I crazy here? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Kill the Prime Minister of Micronesia. What are we... What world are we living in? What world are we living in? Now, a lot of people are probably thinking, this is why he's single. But I don't know. I, I think I'm pretty logical. Like, if you can't afford to get married, don't get married. If you can't afford to buy a house with your wife or husband, why are you having a wedding where there's 40 of us? Because if you can't afford that stuff, you can't afford 150,000 rand, 200,000 rand, or I would imagine half a million rand wedding at some of these weddings I've been to. I went to a wedding, by the way, I went to a wedding two years ago. Now, maybe maybe a bit more. I can't remember. The wedding was 2.3 million rand. Now, both families are very wealthy, but 2.3 million rand just for the wedding costs. It came out in a friendly, in a conversation with one of the boys about that guy. I wasn't even really supposed to be there. I was like a substitute person. 2.3 million rand just for the wedding. Hey, whatever. I'm not going to tell people how to spend their money. But don't expect a gift if you're going to spend 2 million rand on a wedding. Well, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Can somebody tell me what the point of gifts is? And am I crazy? What is it about gifts that people love so much? Because I resent gifts. Here's what I'll tell you about gifts. Here's what I'll tell you. And, and here's the other thing I've discovered about people. Because I'm the kind of person is I'm gonna push I'm gonna push people to try and get to situations. Like I wanna get to the let's get to what my Yiddish friends call the tachlas. The, the, the English term is the bottom line, but tachlas is deeper than the bottom line. I can't, there, there isn't an anglicized version of that beautiful Yiddish word called the tachlas. So if we're gonna cut the BS, right? You know what the other thing about gifts that I resent is? And I resent the, I resent the people on the other side of, of a gift. I want to retain the right to say, I hate this gift. 
I want to retain that. And I want to retain that under the auspices that it's very clear to you that you're not allowed to be offended when I say I hate this gift. And people go, oh my God, that's not polite. Ungrateful bastard. Oh, firstly, I was raised middle class by a working class family, but I came into middle class existence. What must I do that my parents basically bled their fingers to give me a middle class life? So get the hell out of my face. What must I do? Reverse time and be born in my father's village or my mother's village. Get the, get the hell out of my face. I can't, be, I can't control where I was born. So my life's been middle class, not special, middle class since I was born. So there's always been food in the fridge. And my dad and mom both had a car. There we go. Shoot me. You know, I'm not Bill Gates, but I'm not the man under the bridge. I'm just a regular bloke who was raised in a middle class family. Okay. Grew up in the northern suburbs of Joburg. Nothing special. But I want to reserve the right to go, I have decent stuff, right? So why did you buy this? It sucks. I don't like it. And if you're offended, why do you get to be offended? Because if the gift is for me, why is it about you at all? So if you're buying a gift for somebody, it should be 100% about the receiver, and if they say they hate it, you shouldn't get emotional about it. But what again, what's happening is that gift isn't for the receiver more often than not. It's people putting themselves going, oh, I'm so special that I've seen a part of you that only you and I know. And I'm not going to ask you or give you the money because you're an adult and you, you've you evolved, by the way. They also hold you to like five years ago, stuff you like five years ago. And they're like, oh, my God, do you like it? Do you know those people that are like in your face? Do you like it? Do you like it? And I think you can't say, oh my God, this is, a, this is a terrible gift. I liked this stuff five years ago or when I was with my girlfriend. Six years ago, you saw me enjoy this in the company of my girlfriend where I probably, I mean, this, is, this, this wasn't my story, but you know, if, if you like something with your ex-wife or your ex-girlfriend or your ex-boyfriend, it's like, oh my God, I liked it in that context. And now you thought, even as my friend, I liked that. And now you spent... I don't know, 3,000 rand on this gift. Like, I hate it. Just give me the money. And people get so offended. Oh, my goodness. If you don't respond with the energy they want for your gift. And here's another thing about gifts. Here's another thing about gifts. People guilt you into, oh, I gave you something. Now you have to give something. And I, I, like, I don't feel that guilt. Now, the people close to me understand, do not buy me gifts. Like, I, am, I don't like it. And even then, I don't think any of my friends have ever given me money. I mean, I used to, like, be a bum and rely on my friends in, in my mid to late 20s. So, I guess they, they paid it forward. But since I got my life together around 28, they've never given me money, even as a gift. Because I don't celebrate my birthday. I don't even know if my friends know when my birthday is. Like, I'm not into that. And I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. I'm just like, wow, congratulations. Being born is not an achievement, by the way. Like, let's also be clear on that. Anywho, people are going to say I'm, I'm a Grinch here on Christmas. But don't give me gifts. Don't worry about it. I've already got the stuff I want. There, here's my final statement. There is nothing any... So I'm not into cars. I'm not into watches. I'm not into any of that stuff at all. I've had that stuff. It brings nothing to my life. Had a Rolex that cost uh, the GDP of some countries. 
not interested. Didn't make me feel any better. Didn't bring me any extra happiness. So I'm not a type of person where I'm stimulated by, ooh, that's Italian marble or whatever. I mean, I'll wear a nice Italian suit. Let's be, let's be clear here. As I said, born born middle class, raised by working class people in a middle class home. You know what I mean? Emerging middle class is what I call it. But what are we doing here? I don't think I'm that crazy. I just do not think I'm that crazy. Just give me the money or don't give me anything. Don't worry about it. I've already got everything, everything I like. So I'll say this. What can you give me? Right? I, I always wonder this with my friends. And by the way, I'm talking from the two people that I know that I have been in my entire life that are billionaires in dollars to just my friends who make anywhere between a million rand a year and 10 million rand a year. Those are the kinds of friends I hang out with, right? What can they give me that I've never had in my life and I don't have now? Like, I could live in any apartment I want in Johannesburg. I can travel and have traveled to every continent on the planet. I can do anything I want. I'm in a position in my life now where I have no limits. There there is nothing anybody can give me in the tacit world, right? The tacit world. Now, here's what I will get to. And here's where I know I'm unreasonable. I like hanging out with my friends, with my people, with people I love. So that nonsense book that came out, and it's absolutely, there is no veracity to it. But anyway, it's like crappy psychology, right? What is the love language thing? It's absolute nonsense, by the way. Not proven by anything. I've asked working professionals within the psychological and neuroscience world. Anyway, whatever. Let's just go with it because it's psychology for dummies in justifying giving gifts and and being a douchebag, actually. So that's my love language. So you get to be a douchebag and be sulky. That's because you're not meeting me where my love language is. Like, oh my God. I wish I could push you in a river right now, Gladys. I mean, I don't want to be a murderer. I'm not Oscar Pistorius here, but sometimes I do wish I could push Gladys. Gladys is any hypothetical woman I'm dating who just thinks she can be a douchebag because she can say things like, but you, you need to meet me where my love language is. You, I know you like time spent together or whatever, or there's the other one. What's the, what is the nonsense? Like service is the other one. You know, so... I like spending time with people I love. Like for me, and I think, in I think it's a very unreasonable thing to ask people for their time. So I'll do it very rarely. As much as I would like to spend more time with my friends, I'm like, uh, you know, people are getting married, people are working, people are doing stuff. Who am I? Even if I, lo- I and I do love the ten to fifteen people I consider my friends, I do absolutely love them. But I do think it's unreasonable for me to go, oh, I want to spend more time with you. Like, bro, what are we talking about? I'm working. Or, or, the, or, the, or I, I don't know, I've never really asked my friends this, but they're working. They're married. They're having babies. They've probably got side chicks, some of them. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I had to add that last one in, but they probably do. Or, you know, it's 2023. Be, be open to the reality of life. Anyway, it's 15 minutes in here. It's the MKT show. Just thought I'd get that off my mind because I would imagine there's some pressure on people around Christmas. You know, there's real pressure. 
if you're in a new relationship and you've now gone on holiday to meet your friend's family, there's probably a lot of pressure to give there. You know, ugh, that's ugly. That's ugly. So I'm glad my parents have looked after themselves, you know? Like, I'm not going to give my mom a gift. Like, what are you talking about? She's got enough stuff. What am I going to give a woman who lived in Switzerland and Saudi Arabia and Egypt? What am I going to give that? She flew first class around the world for like 25 years of her career. What am I giving her? Other than, obviously, my angelic presence. That's the gift. My mom always says it's always best if we come visit. You know what I mean? So, what do we do? Love to hear your thoughts. MKT inspires. Your thoughts on gifts. Because I know it gets tricky. It's tricky, man. People are tricky. Some people like stuff. It's the thought of it. Oh, my God, you thought of me. Oh, my God, you took the time to go and look for a gift and wrap it. And people are, we're all different. But I'm saying, give me the money because I already know what I want. And I'm, I'm middle class, so I already have the things I want. There's nothing that I really want that I don't have. What, what is it that I could want that I don't have? I choose my life the way I live to, like, so, so tell me that. But we're all different. MKT inspires. What do gifts mean to you? I'd love to hear some stories. I'd love to read some stuff out. You know, because some people love gifts. By the way, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying what I'm like. And I can just hear everybody going, oh, my goodness. Is this guy, is this guy ever going to meet a woman to stay with him? And I say to those people, that's a very good point. Also, I say to those people, don't be sexist. Not all women are after possessions, you bigoted bastard. Man or woman, whoever's thinking that. Because there's probably women going, oh, he's never going to get a woman. He's not a provider. Oh, my God. Can't appeal to women like that. Women like providers. It's a, it's, it's in our genes. If you want to be a good man in twenty, this is the problem with men. Twenty twenty three. Oh my god, you guys, you ask women to be traditional women, but when we ask you to be a traditional man, a provider for the household, that's the problem with you modern men. You don't want to commit to anything. I was like, whoa, jeez, calm down. I was just. Just talking about an air fryer. Why does it have to become a, a war of the sexes? Jeez. Like, relax there, Melanie. Yes. yes. Now, lady, calm down. Yo. But that's that's what someone listening to this is thinking to themselves, going, oh, my God. Gross. Bust that. Or not. Maybe I've got nuts. MKT inspires on the socials. Otherwise, hit me up. MKT at the MKT show. Your thoughts on gifts? Christmas. What are you doing, by the way? Are you newly single? Are you enjoying that? What are you going to do if you're single? Are you married? What's that like? What's it like being at your family's home, by the way, for the first time? Maybe it's Lobola negotiation mixed with Christmas for you. Maybe you've made a girl pregnant and you've now, you now have to go and present yourself to pay Maradi. Or Ilobola, depending which side of the African scale you fall, depending what you call it. Maybe you've made a, maybe you've slipped on past the keeper. You know what I mean? Now, oh my God, I'm pregnant. Oh my God, I don't know what my father's gonna say. Now you've stepped up 
we've got to get married. Now you've got to go present yourself. What are you doing this December? We'd love to hear from people. MKT Inspires. Instagram's the best. Um, otherwise, it's MKT Inspires everywhere. I'm on TikTok. If you're on TikTok, go and follow me. Uh, we're putting more and more stuff up there um, on the TikTok page. MKT Show. Otherwise, MKT Inspires. MKT at the MKT Show. Gifts. December. Family. You know, do you struggle with family, by the way? Some, not everybody is enjoying the thought of going home. Not everybody is enjoying the thought of being around their family. Ugh, what's that like? Well, why don't you enjoy being around your family? You know, I was a, I was a bit of a, ugh, not a bit, a full-on douchebag from, I'd say the age of 13 to 28. Now, some people may say, you're still a douchebag today. And I go, you're not, you're not wrong. But I'm, I'm. I'm less douchey now. At least I'm aware that I've got douchebag tendencies. I do, you know, again, small part of my family. There's five or six people in my family that I want to spend time with. The rest of them, I'll see you at the funerals and stuff. Like, uh, I'm also not that guy, like, I have to be with everyone. No, no, no. If, if, we, if we don't see it the same, I'm not putting energy into people. Like, it's your parents' job to raise you. I'm not going to raise you. No one's perfect, but they're certain non-negotiables. So I'm also not like, I'm taking on my whole family. No, 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 We're not doing that. So I'm very family family orientated now, which may surprise people. Certainly in my family now, because I used to be very detached. But over the last, I'd say, six, seven years, I've become very, very, in particular with my mom and my sister, you know? I'm very, so family comes first for me. Like, I just... I cannot imagine a world where they aren't a number one concern for me. Having said that, however, nothing's perfect, right? Um, would love to hear it. Maybe you just don't dig your old man. You know, don't dig your old lady. They're not cool. They, they may have old school views on things. You may be in a relationship they don't approve of. Ugh. You know, everyone, because of Coca-Cola and their marketing scheme that they came up with with Father Christmas just presumes we have to be happy because it's Christmas. Uh, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Maybe your uncle's an alcoholic and now you've got to go home. It's December holidays and they're like, oh my God. You know, maybe your brother's that guy. Maybe your sister's that person. God, jeez. Got to go see the drug addict or the, or the alcoholic now. And the, like, what are you going to do? Your parents protect them, right? Like, no, it's your brother. It's your sister. No. It's like your brother's brother or whatever. Here's the worst one. When when the alcoholic, maybe a little bit racisty, maybe a little bit misogynisty uncle is the rich one. And they kind of help the family out. That's awkward. Because I do know a few of those dynamics, by the way. Ugh. Or the dad. Like someone... <laughs> okay. uh, I mean, they're, they're pretty famous, but... But his dad, this particular guy I'm talking about, is an absolute terrible human. Big boozer, but one of the most successful businessmen South Africa's ever had. And it's a bit of a double-edged sword here because he's a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde guy. He's actually a great provider and isn't abusive. But he's got, like, drinking issues and he's... He, like and, the, and and when he's drunk, which is often, it's not great. But now he sent me a message. They're in St. Francis. Luckily, my friend's doing well as well. You know, success breeds success. So he's got his own place in St. Francis now. 
but you know there's the whole family mix like you know those you know those white families like way back in the day everyone's in the mix so his wife my mate's wife is also from a power family so they also go down there and apparently her parents aren't yeah they're not the easiest people to get along with in the world as well so he's sending me blow by blow action it's a battle of the rich douchebag folks down in st francis Hey, these are real problems. Listen, money can't money can't help you with human problems. It just can't. We've seen it. So I'd love to hear from you, MKT Inspires, at the MKT Show. MKT at the MKT Show. Otherwise, MKT Show. Uh, MKT Inspires is the best. Get in the, get in the mailbag. Let's see what you do. And listen, maybe you're just having a good one. Someone proposed. Oh, my goodness. Love of my life. Blah, blah, blah. My mom just... Got a degree again. She got her second degree. My, I don't know. My parents were divorced and they got back together. My younger brother just became the first person in our family to get through university. There's surely some good news. Let's share some good news as well. Doesn't just need to be, you know, an Auntie Sally or what do they call those things? A call in line. Like it doesn't just need to be negative. Would love to hear from you. Um, what are we going to talk about, Jose Mourinho? Uh, incredible interview. Uh, we'll run through that, run through a couple of other subjects, and then I got I got a mailbag. Uh, let's get into the show. Um, the Turkish league is becoming a skit, eh? So I was perusing the papers yesterday, and I thought, okay, what is this now? Turns out the Istanbul Spor president Faik Suryaluglu pulled his team off the field in the seventy third minute. After they didn't get a penalty, then the other team went and scored. And at 2-1, he literally pulled his... He, he came down from the president's box. This is after, by the way, the, a ref was punched and the league came back last week. This is like a week after the league has restarted. The president of Istanbul Spor has come down from his box, pulled his players off the field. There's an incredible image. Go online and see it. There's a there's a player on his knees going, Mr. President. L- literally, you can you know those pictures you can hear. The player is literally going, please, just what are you doing? Please let us play. They're footballers. They want to play. What is going on in Turkey? Bunch of turkeys. What is going on in Turkey, guys? This is <laughs> like at some stage. We've got to be willing sometimes to just say, what is going on? I, I, what is going on? I'm all for everyone expressing themselves. But it does, here's the problem with absolute permissivity, is <laughs> it does get to a stage where we've got to say, chaps, what, what, what are we doing? What are we doing here? What is the Turkish league doing? It's becoming a bigger farce. I mean, this doesn't even happen in the PSL. And and I thought the PSL was a joke. You know, PSL, uh, by the way, Premier League Soccer League in South Africa. I, like, I thought that was the height of hysterical. Clearly not. Cle- clearly not. Clearly this is more hysterical. The Turkish League, a president, another one, has pulled his players off the field because he felt his team should have had a penalty. After that, they conceded. It became 2-1. And in the 73rd minute, he said, Faik. Sarjeliglu said, uh-uh, not on my watch. And the game got suspended. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
This is a, there's teams from Turkey in the Champions League, by the way. You know, like, like this behavior is just not acceptable. But clearly it is. By the way, if you've never been to Turkey, I'm not shocked. It's an amazing country, but there are things. I slept in drain, drain pipes in Turkey. Story for another time. I'll never forget that. What a holiday that was. What a... Man, I've had some fun in my life. That, that, as I was talking about that, that, just, that image, that holiday just came to my mind with the boys. That was an all-timer for the lads' holiday. Anyway, the drain pipes thing was hysterical. But, but what are we doing? If you've been to Turkey, though, you know they're a bit loosey-goosey. It's just like ooh, <laughs> kind, of, kind of a little bit of do, do whatever you want kind of thing. It, it's a lot of do whatever you want and don't do anything at all. Like, that's the culture. There isn't a really gray area. <laughs> oh, turkey. Bunch of turkeys. Bunch of turkeys. 73rd minute. Could you imagine that? Imagine the Premier League. Like, Todd Bully just came down and, like, hey, Mike. Like, no. Sorry. Mike Dean. No, 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 no. no. You should have given the pen. I'm sorry. Stop this. <laughs> well, he, uh it's why the Premier League, we whinge about it, but we should celebrate it. The Premier League is a fantastic product. There's there's very little interference from the executives and matches happen. They're on time. You know, it works. It's just an elite product. Like the Turkish League, no one can take this seriously. This is like five-a-side, right? You've all played five-a-side and one guy is three beers in. He gets kicked in the corner and he starts yelling at the ref and the profanity start and then his uncles in the crowd and then his girlfriend who's also licked it up, usually a Gabriella. Yeah, hit him, hit him, Stefano, hit him. Yeah, you know the type of girl. We've all been there. All right, like that's fine, like five side, whatever. It costs a hundred bucks to play. It's nothing. It's these guys <laughs> that are billionaires who have to come down and stop. Like there's no integrity in that competition. There is no integrity. Like, like, what are you telling me? No, the referees are never safe. And when they do do their job, it's like it's never good enough. So it's almost not... It's not even sportsmanlike to say, oh, okay, well, decisions go that way. It's, I don't like the decision, so stop. It's, it's like... Do you remember when you were younger? No matter what areas you grew up in, right? Or like at school. The rich kid with the nice soccer ball often the worst player, but you've got to pick him, right? And if he doesn't get picked, he, he picks up the ball and goes home. <laughs> That's what's happening here. Punching referees and stopping games. That's what's happening. Is I don't like the way this is going. Not there are rules. No, 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 no. I'm rich. It's my ball. I'm picking up the ball. I'm going home. It's the behavior of a of spoiled, like, rich kid 10-year-old. A 10-year-old little girl and boy behave like this. You, you can't have 50-year-old men behaving like this. 60-year-old men. It's a, as they say in London, it's a joke thing, blood. It's a joke thing. <laughs> so I absolutely love that. I, I can't... More to come on that. As, as news unfolds, I promise you, I, I will keep you updated. Faik Sargeleglu. Incredible scenes. Um, coming back to the Premier League, Nottingham Forest have sacked... 
Steve Cooper. And I was, te- I was texting a mate of mine who supports Newcastle. And I've been saying to him, I said it to him last season, when Newcastle, and I know I've gone on about it on the podcast, you're probably sick of hearing it. When Newcastle made the Champions League, sack Eddie Howe. So Forrest are behaving the way Newcastle should have behaved. Uh, Nuno Espirito Santo will be coming in. Right? He'll be the manager. Mm, I'm not so hot on Nuno. I've got a friend uh, in, the, in the WhatsApp group, a mate of mine was saying, I rate Nuno. I'm like, eh, poor man's, poor man's Jose. And, and not even then. Like, poor man's AVB, really. He's never really done anything. Everyone wins at Porto. Came to Wolves. Eh. With Tottenham. Catastrophe. Went to Saudi. Don't know what happened there. And now he's back. I think he's more beard and reputation than good manager. Portuguese managers are tricky, huh? Um, I think people confuse Portuguese and Spanish. Because it's kind of like, yeah, you know. They like olive oil. They've got olive skin. And they sort of in the Mediterranean in some way, I think. And Portuguese, Spanish, it's, it's the same thing, is it not? You know, people confuse the two. Portuguese managers are so pragmatic. They've always been, from Jose is obviously the prototype, but all Portuguese football is very pragmatic, actually. People think it's similar to Spanish. It's not. It's, it's very much five at the back, keep it tight and play on the counter. It's always been Portuguese managers. Doesn't matter who they are. Even AVB, who tried to play the Gagan press, didn't work. It's just the Portuguese way. So the Nuno thing is not what I want to comment on. However, the Steve Cooper had done his job. You know, the problem was for most fans and the media and the English, they love their history, right? Uh, What is the old adage? America is built on economy. Europe is built on history. That is the quintessential British statement. They love their history. And and he's a British lad, isn't he? They, They love that he's British. They love that. And, and by the way, kudos to them. I'm big on that. You should, you should back your own. I love that. I love the Swiss for that. I love, you know, in, on our continent, I love South Africans for that. South Africans will defend their own. Nigerians will defend their own. You know, America does it better than anyone. Pump your own. But Steve Cooper, by returning them back to the league for 23 years, is no good reason to keep him when you want to get good. You're in the league now. He survived, okay, last season. He managed to survive with that 1-0 win. Remember, I think it was it was at Arsenal. Phew, dramatic stuff. I think it was the last day. Remember, they won. Incredible result. That was to survive. Okay. Fine. But that's as far as he's taking you. Like, Steve Cooper is not taking you to the top eight. Especially having spent $300 million, There's different phases in everything. I've used this example before. Your girlfriend is not necessarily going to be your wife because some people are just going to be girlfriend material their whole lives. They're not willing to do or boyfriend material their whole lives because you've got to evolve past that, right, to be engaged. Now you have to live a different way. Now we're engaged. We live together. You've got to evolve. You don't have to change as a person, but you have to evolve to fit the new role because when we live together now, now, you know, my mom, you know, my grandmother. You have access to my bank accounts now. You're not just, uh, you, as the mandem say, you're not just a link-up ting, blood. Right? It's a new role which you have to evolve to. And some people can't make that evolution because being a girlfriend and being a fiancé 
when you're a fiance, now we're starting to talk about the elite of the elites. Now you're giving more of your time. You're shaping your life. It's less about you. It's about us. It's your family, my family. We're knitting a household together. We're creating a rhythm in and around. So these are elite people now in terms of the dating world. Well, Steve Cooper is girlfriend. That's your high school hookup. Great. But now it's time to get a fiance. Because you spend 300 million and what are we doing? He does not have the requisite skill. When you when you when your car gets busted, you don't fix your car yourself. Right? No. You take it to a mechanic. He's a specialist. She's a specialist. Like you know cars. Steve Cooper knows football, but he's reached his limit. Nuno Espirito Santo will be able to give them the second phase. Right? We'll be able to play some good football. We'll have some character. We'll get tough. Because the romance is over now. We spent 300 million. We want to be in the league. He, he was quite good at Wolves where basically they just gave him the players. And he found a way, which is the continental way, right? Director of football gives it to the coach. The coach has input where he might need key players. But largely speaking, there's a project in and around that's club-centric. Whereas English clubs, usually the manager picks everything, and which is where Cooper and the English manager struggle. But he's out now. He's out now. He's an old school coach, head coach. No, 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 no. We're not doing that anymore. We got to get on the front foot. So Nuno Espirito Santo will be step two. This is what Newcastle should have done with Eddie Howe. Fire him last season and get Julian Nagelsmann before Germany get him. Fine, you don't get him. I would still fire Eddie Howe at the end of the season. It doesn't matter what he does. I would still fire him at the end of the season because he's taken you as far as you can go. Eddie Howe is not winning the English Premier League title. Forget it. You could give him Barcelona and he couldn't do it. You could give him a Real Madrid team. He's not winning La Liga or the Champions League. He might win La Liga, but he's not winning the Champions League. Eddie Howe, we've seen it before. Top eight with Bournemouth, then they got relegated. There's no second gear. Newcastle are worse this season. They're worse with better players and more players. Don't talk to me about injuries. Everyone's got injuries. Man City have injuries. Liverpool have injuries. Don't bore me with that. Don't bore me with that. Chelsea have injuries. I don't want to hear it. Man United have injuries. Everyone's got injuries. Don't give me that. I do not want to hear that. Like Eddie Howe, where's the next gear? And it's not his fault. What I don't want to hear is he got us in the Champions League. Give him a chance. Give him a chance to do what? Guys, if your girlfriend cheats on you when you're engaged and you marry her and she cheats on you when, she, when you get married, that's on you. People are who they are. Like People are limited. And we know what Eddie Howe is. He's not going to surprise us in the next five years. You're not going to wake up and go, oh, bloody hell. He's he Mourinho. He's prime Mourinho. He's Pep. He's not. You've seen what he is. You've seen what he is. Bournemouth gave him money and time. I think New Forest have made a terrific decision, a proactive decision. And where they've done it well is do it when you've got the comfort of knowing that Luton, Sheffield and Burnley are horrendous. So you're not going to get relegated this season. Give Nuno the time. 
Give him these six months to kind of get it all together so that next season he's not just starting in the summer. Terrific job by Forrest. Stay in the league, but go to phase two of the project. You can start to aspire a little bit now. You can, you can look at top 10. That's where, that's where Nuno will take you. Cooper will survive, but Nuno will be ambitious as well. He's a tough guy. Remember, football clubs become the personality of their manager. Think of Arsenal. Clever, innovative, you know, beauty. That's Arsene Wenger. He's clever. He's French. He's a sophisticated dude. Economist. So he doesn't need to spend a lot, but he gets the maximum out of his resources. Innovation. Economists always innovating. And, and you see Arsene Wenger, he's always been thinking of new rules. He's an extremely, they call him the professor. He's always been, he's, a, he's got a master's in, I believe it's accounting or economics. One of the two, I can't remember. But I think it's economics. So he's a very smart, erudite guy, right? Arsene Wenger is a, but his football club was that. Arsenal under Arsene Wenger. Which, by the way, I thought as a child, I can't believe the club named the club after the manager. That's incredible. But it wasn't. Obviously, his name's just Arsene. Alex Ferguson. Tough. Glasgow. Relentless. Did everything it took. British. You know that British Bulldog? That was United. That was the personality of Man United. First and foremost, they were nasty. Right? Fergie time. He's yelling. That, didn't that epitomize his sides? Vidic, Stam, Keane, Robson, Bruce, Pallister. You know? Ints. You think Rooney. You think of United teams. The first characteristic I think of them is tough. When you think of Alex Ferguson, tough, unforgiving, relentless. That was a golden thread throughout Fergie's time. Mourinho, scheming, you know, pragmatic. You know, us against the world, a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. All of his sides have always had the dark arts, right? Doesn't matter where you are. What Mourinho likes is hardcore grown-ups. Because Mourinho is a hardcore grown-up. He's a a highly sophisticated guy. So he likes polished players, but he likes men. Because men that'll go to, they will take it there. They'll cross the line and they don't mind going there for him. Mourinho's sides have always been that. Because he's that. You see the personality. He's poking bloody Villa uh, uh, RIP. What's... um, was it Villanova? What was the guy's name uh, who passed away, sadly? The, the Barcelona coach. He was the assistant at the time. But Mourinho's poking people in the eye. and He's shushing people. That's Mourinho. His sides have always been that. Skaldagras. I would even go far as Skaldagras. I love Mourinho. He's, he's a hero of mine. Pep, clever. You see, innovative. Tikka-taka, sophisticated. A man of art, culture. He presents his football as he is. Right, Pep wants to be seen as, as always clever, the smartest guy in the room. You look at all his sides, tick attack, rotating, you know, uh, four in the middle. He'll play the square. He'll play the diamond. Uh, he'll get you on that merry-go-round, the, the inverted wing back. So he's always presenting it almost as a ballet. You know, you look at the way his teams play. Uh, Catalonia, of course, famous for their culture, and, and Pep, a very cultural philosophical man he plays his teams are him they're they're intense and idiosyncratic and smart and artistic you know it's not just a it's not just a team with pep it's it, it's a, it's pageantry at, at its highest highest form 
you know, Pep's teams are truly coffee for coffee makers. The way he plays football, it's almost like those rich people who own art houses, right? It's like, if I have to explain to you, you're not going to understand. You, you know those You know those people? So football teams will become the personality of their manager. And Nuno is going to give them a little bit of sophistication, but also a little bit of, a little bit of grit that I think Cooper, there was a little bit of naivety and almost we're so lucky to be here and the good old try, you know, the good old British endeavor. Like, okay, that's cool, but no, no, we passed that. So I think Forrest did the right thing. I really, really do. And Newcastle should have followed suit or Newcastle should have done it ahead. If they don't fire, I don't care what Eddie Howe does this season. It's over. Phase one is over. Get over it. I don't care how many games he's won. They've gotten worse this season. They are worse. By the way, they lost to Chelsea of all teams. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? I'm a diehard Chelsea fan. Chelsea absolutely dominated them. If one more Newcastle person says to me, we've got injuries. Look at Chelsea's injuries. Nobody has made excuses for Chelsea this season. They've spent a billion dollars. Yes, but they're injured. Just because you spend a billion dollars doesn't mean the players aren't injured. I'm not willing to tolerate injuries as an excuse for Maurizio Pochettino. But Newcastle are worse. They are not going to make Europe this year. They should have fired him. End of the season, get Hansi Flick. It's time for phase two. Let's get respectable. Let's get some proper players in house as well. Dan Byrne and these guys got to go. Like, come on. You can't be having LaSalle's and Joe Linton. Like, they need to go now. It's time for phase two. Let's let's do let's do a bit. So good on you uh, on uh, Forest, and hey Steve Cooper probably get a statue. Twenty three years that uh, Forest were out of the big leagues, and now he got them back. Shout out. Got to kick it. Got to kick it. You know what I mean? Hey, listen. Sometimes you got to dump a girlfriend to get a fiance. You feel me? Leave her. Two years, two months later, you meet your fiance, somebody who's ready. Who's ready to move in and turn a, a, a house into a home, as they say. Not everybody is meant for every part of your life. Newcastle need to realize that because Forrest do. You've got to be able to look at it in the eye, guys. Love to hear your thoughts. MKT inspires. All right, let's finish off on um, Jose and then I'll finish off on the mailbag. Uh, Jose Mourinho, incredible interview on the Obi-Wan podcast with uh, John Obi Mikel. Great name for a podcast, by the way. Um, here's the quote from Jose, his time at uh, Manchester United, 2016 to 2018. He said, there are some people in that club, and when I say people, I mean some players, but also some other people that are not players, that are still there. When I told United after two months, with these people, you're never going to do it. And they are still there. That That's haunting. If you listen to the pod, I've always said United now in 2023. So let's say 2024 because they, they've already mucked it up. So in 2029, 2029-30 season is when Man United will start competing if they have started this year. So now you can basically say 2030-31 season is when I think, I think they are five years away from when United get serious. What do I mean by that? you got to get rid of Harry Maguire, you can't have Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Uh, I love Luke Shaw. I think he's one of the better left-backs in European football, but you just can't have a guy injured that often as one of your, your main players. You can't have Rafael Varane. He's finished. Um, and stop telling me he defended well against Liverpool, by the way. They played seven at the back. 
All he had to do was head the ball away. Like, okay, that's not defending in 2023. It was so easy. Liverpool have no height in the middle. Darwin Nunes, although big, but he's not Didier Drogba. Like, who are you dealing with? Enzo arriving late. Mo Salah, not big. Diaz, come on. So he dealt with the crosses. That's all he did. All he did was deal with the crosses, by the way. Stop telling. Like, it's, it's frightening that Man United fans think Rafael Varane played well. Of course they all played well. Johnny Evans looked good. You know why? Because they played Mainu alongside Amrabat. So they had a flat back six, by the way. Those two holding mids were essentially liberos. They were playing like sweeper. So the six at the back with McTominay in front of that. They had a, they had a defensive block of seven. They had seven. They were playing seven to three. But you you can't have McTominay and Varane. I like Dello, by the way. I, I think in a better team, I, I'd love him at Chelsea. Actually, Dello has has that very modern galloping. You know. But you can't have these people as your players. Yeah, like. Man United's best players, Bruno Fernandes. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Come on, guys. You can't have that. This is what Jose is talking about. Like, he, he saw it. Malasia. Harry Maguire. Come on, guys. Come on. You had Nemanja Vidic, Rio Ferdinand. Michael Carrick. That's the... That's the Manchester United standard. Now, it's 10 years ago, but but come on. Here's the thing about winners. Mourinho knew. There's very few winners in the world, guys. There's very few winners in the world. They're 1%. They're the 1% of the 1%. And here's the thing about winners. When they see it, they know it. Trust me. I know I know one or two people that are that are winners. When they see it, they know it. It's like I'll be honest with you. When I met my the two girlfriends I've had in my life, I I'm just one of these people. I knew it when I saw them. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm in trouble here. I said, oh my goodness. I've I, I very rarely, very rarely, I had this feeling by the way recently. Like, when you see it, you know. You know, deep down inside, we all know what serious looks like. Even if you're that guy, that girl living their best life in summer, living their best summer life. I don't need no man. I don't need no girl. Do If you're that dude, like. But when you bump into that one, you know what it looks like. You know what they sound like. You know how they're conducting themselves. You know. You know, you, you can act all tough. You, you like, everyone's tough. No, whatever. I'll never, I'll be single forever. I don't need them. But then you meet that one. Mourinho knows when it comes to football, when it comes to somebody who's, you know, maybe you just want, you want to muck about, well, like, no, this is girlfriend material, fiance material. You know, you know, you, like nobody can tell you. You know when it's real, man. Mourinho knows. He got there and he said, what poor Pogba is 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 this what I'm I'm used to dealing with Zanetti and Lucio and Michael Essien and Frank Lampard. What what do we do? I I had Cristiano Ronaldo and Xabi Alonso and Sammy Cadero. What are we doing here? 
What are we doing? Me with with Marcus Rashford. Please, I, I had prime Mesut What are we talking about here? I had Deco. Ricky Carvalho. Jose Mourinho knows what it looks like. When he walked in there, he knew immediately. He said two months. In two months, he went to the board and said, Can't worry this. God, what are we doing? There was another part of the interview where Jose said he subbed a player and he said it's changed the way he manages. And I've got a, I've got, I must admit, I have a big divide with today's generation, but whatever it happens. He subbed a player at halftime to Jose and his agent, that player's agent, phoned Jose and accused Jose Mourinho of bullying. This is why character is so important, guys. I'm just speaking about sport. I know most people in life want to say nonsense like work-life balance. And I just, I think it's possible to have a successful work-life and not in this industry. Trust me, I lived inside of this industry for six years. This is not an industry for your feelings. Winning is not a feelings business. And I know every bloody rich Ariana Huffington or whatever who's never worked a day in her life and she's married to a billionaire is going to tell you about work-life balance and sleeping eight hours. Let me tell you something about football coaches. Those people sleep at the office, in the academy. I didn't want to know about Jose Mourinho and those guys. Those top, top guys sleep four hours a day max. Three, six, five. Because you know why? Those, Jose Mourinho and his team are absolutely besotted with football. That's why football character is important. Football character is so important. I don't feel like Man United's players love it. Marcus Rashford, it's about something else. Jaden Sancho is hysterical. Harry Maguire, like, like these aren't football guys. You know what I mean? Like, there comes a point where you've got to look at Man United's recruitment over the last decade. Paul Pogba, it was always about something else and a, a celebration. And those things are cool, by the way. Your personality is cool. But they can't be the first thing I think about. When you think of Mourinho's teams, right? And because we're dealing with Mourinho now, here's how he knows. George Costa, his first iteration, Deco. These are men, these are football people. That that Porto team was full of Maniche and Ricky Carvalho and Paulo Ferreira. And then he came to Chelsea and it's just grown up land. He had nine international captains at a stage. Nine! Drogba, Terry, Lampard, Makelele. He has a position named after him. This is how much this guy was obsessed with football. Ashley Cole. These are football high character people. Where football at that level, if you want to win, football has to be your life. It can't be this thing of, oh, I just enjoy pitching up. For Roy Keane, it was his life. Michael Carrick, football was his life. Paul Scholes, his life. Wayne Rooney, his life. CR7. Galidos Tevez. These are, these are football lifers. Like, everything is football. Everything is football. Man United is full of these mandem guys. Think of the teams Mourinho was... Could you imagine... He's come from Lucio and Zanetti and Eto. 
Julio Cesar. Materazzi. Like, these are names that we will remember in a hundred years. Icons of football because they gave themselves to the sport. And now he's got to come deal with Luke Shaw who can't stay in shape because he can't avoid avoid hamburgers. Marcus Rashford, it's a PR circus all the time. Harry Maguire. Like, what are we doing? Are you kidding? Anthony Martial. Like, like a little niggle. I'm not playing. Sorry. Can't do it. Goran Pandev is what Jose Mourinho is used to, guys. He, he knows. He knows what it looks like. Man United players are not what it looks like. I'll tell you something. Winning's not for babies, man. Man United's full of babies. And Jose saw it after two months. Could you imagine being there for two years? Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Think of your life right now. Let's say you've just been with your partner for two months. And you're tired. You're not. We're so good together. Please, can you come on holiday with my family? And then, you, you know, you see them in their comfort zone. And you're like, oh, my God. But it's day three now. It's a three-week family holiday. They've booked three massive houses in at a holiday resort. Or, or this person... They have a beach home, and now you're stuck there for three weeks. But after two days, you're just like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's Jose. How did he survive two years? How do you survive two years in an environment with Paul Pogba and these guys? After, after having come from football heritage at Inter, at Real Madrid, at Chelsea. I mean, this is Jose Mourinho. The most concerning part for Man United fans should be the following. Why did the board say no? When Jose Mourinho, the, I would argue the second best after Alex Ferguson, the second best English manager of all time, and Pep is probably going to take that title when all things are done, in terms of being second best. When Jose Mourinho, who's got four Premier League titles, by the way, or three, sorry, it's three Premier League titles, so he knows what it looks like. He's got two trebles in his life. Like, what are we doing? He, he deposed Pep Guardiola in Spain. So this isn't like, this isn't Eddie Howe telling you, mm, listen guys, here's some new ideas I think might win. This is a guy who's won in every league. Portugal, Spain, Italy, England. Multiple times. He, he left Chelsea, came back and won the Premier League again the second time for the third time. Why did the board say no? That should worry Man United fans. It's like, oh, we had a guy who, who wanted us to win. And you can see it now with Ten Hag, by the way. It's all playing out the same. It's the same horror movie on loop. The player power thing is a nightmare. But I thought a very revealing thing. But here's my final thought on this. Are Man United broken forever now? Because I'm pretty sure when Nokia lost market share, they thought, no, we're Nokia. We'll, we'll be fine. Don't worry about it. When BlackBerry lost market share, we're BlackBerry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about these guys in Korea and iPhone. They're, 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 iPhone's for music. Koreans, what do they know about making... You know, they're good at tech, but the cell phone thing, we, we Nokia, we Finnish. I, and trust me, my dad lived in Finland. I know what the Finnish are like. They probably thought, this thing's going to go forever. We're smarter than everyone. Are Man United... The Nokia 
of football. Could they be broken forever? Like, people just think they're going to come back. By the way, there's only so many finite resources. Most of the young players in the world now are where? Real Madrid, Chelsea, Bayern Munich. The, the, the next generation of talent from South America and Europe is already at Chelsea, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, and Barcelona. They've already been bought up. Who are Man United going to go and buy to compete? Because in your own league, Man City are lapping you. Liverpool are lapping you already. Now, I think the Aston Villa thing is a bit of a honeymoon. But Arsenal are lapping you. So in, in this league, right, in the next 10 to 15 years, Man United just have to catch up to four teams. Just in this league, forget Bayern Munich. Forget Real Madrid. Forget Barcelona. Forget those teams. Just put them aside for a second. Because that's where they've already, the new business models we're watching play out. They are buying 16-year-olds from everywhere. You've seen what Chelsea are doing. There's only so many resources that are going to come and make your club play better. By the way, still a talent business. You want to play football. And the, the way to win is the best players. It's as simple as that. Yes, you've got to get the infrastructure right. In order to be solid, Listen, you've got to be solid at the top in order to be solid in the middle, in order to be solid at the bottom. That's the rule of business. That's just the rule of life. Mom and dad need to be solid for the kids to be solid for the household to be solid, right? That's just how it is. Like, human beings aren't that complicated. Just organize them. The more sophisticated your industry, you need more sophisticated ways of organizing, but it's not that complicated in terms of the hierarchy. The top has to be straight. When the top is good, the middle will be good. When the middle is good, the bottom will be good. Trust me. And every now and then, when the top is great, the middle will be great. And then you get Man City. And you get Real Madrid. And you get Naughties Chelsea. And you get Naughties 90s Manchester United. I imagine I had broken forever. MKT inspires on the socials. Incredible. Go, go and listen to that interview. I, I went and watched it because... Jose Mourinho is one of my heroes. All right. The way to get in the mailbag at MKT Inspires. That's Mike Kilo Tango. MKT Inspires on the socials. Uh, Instagram's the best one. Got one here from Andile. Good old Anz. If you went to school in the burbs, eh? Anz. How's it, Anz? Andile. How's it? How's it, Andy? You're right, my mate. The right in channel team. I'm scared to sing Andile's closer. It's a very closer name. I've got, I've got a cousin who Andil, who actually <laughs> says he bought me a present, which is very funny. He lives in Hong Kong. He's coming back in a couple of days. Very funny guy. Very closer. You're tip- the closer you're imagining. People think I can be a bit of a character. Like I'm like, well, hey, whatever. I'm just a man. I put my pants on one leg at a time. This guy is an electric factory. <laughs> he is. And what's funny about him is he's an actuary. So they're usually the most boring humans in the world. My sister's an actuary. I tell her all the time, although she's got a bit of character. But actuaries are very boring people. They take themselves very seriously. I mean, they are. They are probably the smartest people in the world, along with, like, particle physicists. Like, actuaries are very clever. But they take themselves seriously. Like, just relax, bro. Just calm down. Calm down, little girl, I say. Maybe I'm compensating for my lack of intelligence, but I'm, like, no one needs to be that serious. I mean, unless you're a surgeon, like surgeons should be serious, you know. I don't, I don't want my serious, I don't want my surgeon being a fun guy. Bro, you, you got to, 
operate on my daughter's kidney someday. I don't know if I'm going to have kids, but I'm just thinking. I'm extrapolating. I don't know. Kids, I don't know. She's probably eaten a frog or something. Got to take her in. Her kidney's been affected. Renal failure. Don't, I don't want my surgeon being fun. But anyway, Andile. Good old ants. Andile says, Good day, MKT. First off, congratulations on the success, success of the podcast. Thank you. May, may this year continue into the coming year. Hopefully with more chances for you to exhibit fine Italian tailoring. He's talking about my Italian tailored suit, where I was the pundit for a final uh, Rugby World Cup, Springboks, four-time world champions. Shout out. Andile goes on to say, good old Anz, oh, Andile, oh, put Anza, says, while you were describing the weekend debacle that was the pink ODI, the parallels hit me with regards to another beloved senior men's South African sports team. Apathy amongst supporters? Check. Governing body a mess? Check. Supporters numbed to mediocre performances and even failure to, quant- to qualify for competitive events? Check. Players at times behaving like they have other places to be? Check. Are the Proteas becoming Bafana Bafana? Now, if you didn't hear on a pod, I think one or two pods back, I said there's a feeling around the Proteas. Because I was at the pink test. And even I was sitting with some some, some of the sponsors and some of the big wigs. There was a feeling of apathy. One of our, an editor for one of our leading um, newspapers in Africa was there, and she's a big fan. And she, she said on the way home, I feel numb, actually. So that's what good old Daanza is talking about there. Good old Ndiye. A causa. Good old causa. Good old Ndiye, my mate. So she said she's feeling numb about the Proteas being terrible. And... You know, when when your fans have apathy towards you and they don't get emotional anymore, you're in trouble. Are the Proteas becoming Bafana Bafana? I would have to say yes. I would have to say yes. And what's worse is they're eroding from the inside. Because the talent isn't the problem. Our players go on to play IPL and become stars. They are beloved. David Miller is beloved. Quentin de Kock is beloved. The, you know, uh, KG Rubare, Kikiso, beloved in India. IPL, SA20, they're going to pay massive bucks for these guys. Markram, Brevis, beloved. They love them. They love Markram. Absolutely love them. So it's not a talent issue. The CSA is a comedy central set. And if the top is broken, the middle is broken. If the middle is broken, forget it. The, the, the bottom. And cricket has a slightly different consumer in South Africa. The LSM, although globally, cricket is an elitist sport. Just call it what it is. So I'm not saying it's a better consumer. Just hear me clearly here. But it's a different LSM. These people have options. Cricket fans are generally wealthy people. Not, not all, but, but cricket is a wealthy man or woman sport, right? Just uh, these cricket bats are, I'm being told there's, there are bats now for, my, my cricket bat 
I used to have two cricket bats a year. It's 10,000 rand a bat when I was young. Bats are 24,000 rand now. That's just a cricket bat. Pads are 10 grand. Like proper pads are 10 grand. A helmet's 10 grand. You're talking 60, 70 grand for high school kids to play cricket. So cricket supporters in South Africa are are well off, right? They have options. Like, I'm not going to go watch that. I can afford movies. I can afford to have house parties. I can... I can afford to watch rugby. I can afford to go ski now. It's the, it's an, it's the European winter. Our summer, their winter. We, we can afford to do other stuff. I'm not, I'm not watching losers. And one thing rich people, well-off people, sophisticated consumers, I call them, right? One thing they're attracted to is winning. Winners just gravitate to winning. They don't really care what it is. Banyana banyana. That's why they had that explosion when they won AFCON. Like nobody cares that it's women's football. People want to be around winning. Nobody cares that it's rugby. South Africans want to be around winning. It's like, like ambitious people are aiming up. They want to be around winning. Bafana Bafana and the Proteas are very much the same thing now. And it's dangerous. Apathy is the worst thing. Listen, guys. If your girl starts stops being holding you to account, you're in trouble. I want to tell you for free, you're in big trouble. The day she she stops saying, where are you? Why aren't you home yet? Let me know when you're home. What are you doing? Who are you going out with? The day she stops doing that is the day you know your relationship is in big trouble. And doesn't that feel like that with the protest now? Okay, okay. I'll, I'll check the results online. They lost. Oh, oh well, you know, chokers. When the but let the spring box loose. Let the spring box loose. You know what it is. If you're a South African, you know what it is. You know what it is. Yeah, it ruins your weekend. Don't lie. You don't need to be a rugby fan. You don't need to be a rugby fan. But because you have expectations for that, nobody is. I'm getting the feeling, and I'm a hardcore cricket fan. I don't have expectations for the Proteas anymore. Guys, the day your girlfriend or wife stops having expectations for you, you're finished. You're finished. You only have expectations of those that you hold in high regard. I think Andile is making an incredibly good point on all three of those. Boardroom's a mess. Apathy. I think Andile is onto something here. Governing bodies are mess, he says. Supporters are numb to mediocre performances, he says. Players behaving like they have other places to be. Listen, Quinton de Kock is fit. He could be playing, but he's he's off. Gagiso Rabada is resting for what? SA20. He's not injured. Give me a break. He's resting, he's resting for SA20. It, listen, the IPLs pays these guys. Let's say you Gagiso Rabada. They, they, I know the numbers. So the top guys earn about 6 million rand a year to play every format. Right? These are real numbers. I'm not making these up. I, I was with someone on the weekend. 6 million to play for the every format, by the way. That's three formats, right? That's the top guys, what they're earning. You go to India, you get $2 million for six weeks' work. I was looking at the US dollar today. It's 23 rand. 
You do the numbers. It's 46 million rand for six weeks' work or a whole year's work across three different formats, test, ODI, and SA20. And it's a a crappy work environment. You go to India, they're putting you on the billboards. I'm Gahiso Rabada, Quinton Cock. They're putting me on the billboards and I'm earning 40 million rand for six weeks' work where it's basically a holiday. It doesn't really matter if I lose. If you're Gahiso Rabada, you're bowling four overs a day. Four overs a day. (laughs) For 46 million rand. For six weeks work. It's like a factor of seven. So you tell me. To Andila's point. Like they've got somewhere else to be. Listen. I get it. Let me tell you something man. I'll finish off on this. Andila I'll answer it like this. Especially on the players thing. I don't think the players are wrong. Somebody was asking me the other day. She said to me. Why have you never dated a South African woman? And, you know, we're very close, me and this girl. She's a, she's a Portuguese. And she listens to this show, by the way. And she bloody well better shit. I've, I've got no... Yeah, let me just say, I've known her for a long time. Uh, in fact, I've known her longer than anyone else. I knew her in the belly. Well, we were both in the belly the same year. I mean, I don't know when. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a child mind. I'm not a child psychologist. I don't know when... Children gain consciousness. But our fathers work together. Anywho. This Portuguese. And I was sitting the other day. It's been a while. She, she works very hard. Terrible at dating men, by the way. Very. She's good looking, but... An emotional mess. Anyway. W- w- whatever. I'm not going to tell you what her name is. I think I've spoken about her on the show before. But it's... It's basically like having a sister who... Who's Portuguese and... An emotional wreck. Anyway, she was saying to me, why don't you date South African women? And I said to her, you know, and I, she knows the answer because we've been through this. I haven't changed my answer. Anymore. And I said, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I'm vilified in a place, which I do feel a little bit, it's like South African men are no good. It is the vibe here. So I go, people go where they're loved. It doesn't even need to be real love, right? So in my situation, I've, it's been it just it's just so happened to be Slovakian and Danish. I'm open to whatever, but people go where they're loved. So the cricketers are gonna go where it makes sense for them, and they feel loved because in South Africa, like we're on their back. The SA the SA cricket board doesn't support them. There's no professionalism. And then they go to India. It's the most professional environment in the world. Then they go and play Big Bash. It's the most professional environment in the world. They go to the Caribbean, Pakistan. All of these environments are just top-notch and they treat it like royalty. And here, it's like, what are we doing? It's joke city. Like, why, if I'm Quinton Cock, why am I putting up with the politics of, this, of the day? Like, it should, somebody like Rassi Erasmus must just come and the politics must be ready and I must just be playing cricket. I don't want to be talking about that. I don't expect Quinton de Kock to put up with all of that. Why? Why should he? He's a cricketer. Not everyone see Akulisi, by the way. Not everyone. Like, and they don't have to be. Just play cricket. It's an impossible environment, man. And I get it. I've, I've, I've very much... 
I don't believe people should stay in a place where they don't feel loved. Professionally, personally, just move. The world, you, you can go anywhere. If you're an accountant, move to Switzerland. You don't have to stay in South Africa. If you don't feel there's opportunities here, although South Africa is, you know, there's tremendous opportunity here. But go to Lithuania. Go to Liechtenstein. Go to Luxembourg. Don't stay. Don't stay anywhere. If you're, if you're Swiss and there's other opportunities, move here. Move to Nigeria. Move everywhere. Move to Singapore. Move to Hong Kong. If you're not finding a dream dude or a dream girl, go and date. Go and date a guy from France. Why, why are you restricting yourself? Go and date a girl. I can recommend it. Go and date a girl from Denmark. I can highly recommend that. Do it, by the way. It's, it's good for the soul. Do it. People will go where they are loved. I don't blame the players. Andila, great question. If you want to get in the DMs, MKT Inspires. So that's Mike Kilo Tango. MKT Inspires. Uh, that's my handle on all social media platforms. Hit me up on the gram. Um, hey, good show. Good show. Shout out to good old Anz at the end there. Love to hear your thoughts um, on, on all that. Um, there will be one more podcast, I think, before. Although... You might be listening to this on Christmas. Who, who cares when you're listening to it? I, I, I don't even celebrate Christmas anyway. I'm not even seeing my family for Christmas. Although, having said that, whew, there's still one or two things in the air. Otherwise, I am seeing an old friend. I'll be with his family for Christmas. Always a great time um, with them for Christmas. So, let me know. It would be great to see what are people doing. Send me some photos. I like to see people happy, by the way. Like, I, I like that. I like people being happy with their family, especially family is great, man. If you can, if, if your family and you are connected, that is. Not everyone's family is, is a treat. Like I said earlier, I, <laughs> I have a friend right now. Oh, my goodness. St. Francis. He's, he's in a golden cage. He's in a golden cage. Hope you have the time of your lives. Have an incredible week, wherever you are listening to this. I uh, hope you are ha- having a good one. Having a bra, a barbie. Otherwise, if you're skiing, hope the glühwein is, it slaps, as the youth are say. You know when the youth are youthing? When the youth are youthing, they say, bruh, it slaps. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is MKT. This has been the MKT Show. And for now, I am the hell out of here.